I want to talk to you this morning about Jehoshaphat, uh, king of Judah, one of Israel's greatest kings. And um, the habit that Jehoshaphat had was uh, that he sought God. He prayed. He wanted to know um, God's will for his life. And um, before I go any further, I just have to give you some background before we we pursue this so that you understand and can get this sort of sorted out in your head. Um, you'll remember that there came a time in Israel's history because of their sin, or because of the sin of Solomon, that the kingdom was divided. Uh, remember that uh, that God said to Solomon, since this is your attitude and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I commanded you, I most certainly will tear the kingdom away from you. And then what happens is that the kingdom is divided. And uh, the northern kingdom is, continues to be called Israel. The southern kingdom becomes Judah. How many knew that, that Israel was split up and it became two kingdoms? Well, now you know. So uh, let's fast forward now 70 years after uh, Solomon. And you have a meeting between King Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and King Ahab, who is a king of Israel. Jehoshaphat is a godly man who's got the habit of, of praying and seeking the face of God. Ahab, on the other hand, is a king who goes through the motions and pretends to be the kind of guy that uh, is interested in God's guidance for his life. He's, he's interested. He's, he's got uh, lots of prophets to call on to ask their advice. Um, but really, the very core of it all, he really isn't interested in the guidance of God in his life. And here's the thing this morning. If you are a believer, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, then by definition, a Christ follower is somebody who does what? Who follows Jesus. It's, it really isn't complicated, is it? It's not really rocket science, uh, or someone says rocket surgery. Uh, <laughs> but you get the point, don't you? If you're going to be a Christ follower, if you're going to be a Christian, then you need to get into the habit or be in the habit of doing what Jehoshaphat does. And that's just simply this, seeking the guidance of God in your life. So when it, I'm going to ask you this question this morning. When it comes to making decisions in your life, are you in the habit of seeking God's guidance before you buy that car, before you buy that, uh, that house, uh, before you buy that, those clothes. Uh, I remember my father always telling the joke about the woman who went shopping for a dress. And, uh, uh, actually she went shopping. She wasn't going for a dress, but she ended up coming home with the dress. And her husband said, how on earth, you know this one, how on earth could you come home with that dress? And why didn't you resist temptation? Why didn't you just, uh, tell the devil to flee? And she said, well, when I was there, I tried on the dress. It looked fantastic. I was tempted. And I said to the devil, devil, flee from me. Get thee behind me. And she said, when the devil got behind me, he said it looked good from behind as well. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so she went home with the dress. Now, okay, listen to me. Uh, that's such an old joke. I can't believe you laughed at it like that. But thank you very much. I really appreciate about that. Uh, how many are in the, how many of us are in are in the habit of asking God for guidance for every little thing in our lives. How many know that God wants to guide you in your life? How many know that God is really interested in every single decision that you make? 
It's fantastic. He is truly interested in every little decision and every big decision you make. And the, the, the thing is, is that so often as believers, we don't seek the face of God. Even though most of us have, as children were taught to pray before we went to bed. How many, how many are like that? How many were taught to say a little prayer before you went to sleep? And what was the prayer that you learned? Now I lay me down. How many learned that one? Down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to... Okay, whatever, you know. Uh, thank you, Leonard. You've seen this one before. It's so cute. I had to put that up there. There's a little boy seeking God's guidance and a little doggy with him. Okay, it's kind of corny, but anyway, thought I'd throw that in there. Look at, look at, look what happens now. Jehoshaphat, um, okay, you can let that go to the next one. Uh, Jehoshaphat said, look, I gotta have guidance from God, uh, before I make a step. So here's this meeting that Jehoshaphat and Ahab have. And, and let's, uh, let's take a look at that scripture. Then it says, then Ahab, uh, brought it into the open, brought in the reason for the meeting. And he says, will you join me in attacking Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat says, uh, you bet, I'm with you all the way. You can count on me and my troops. Then Jehoshaphat said, but before you do anything, let's do what? Let's try it one more time. You see, we got 50 women away today, so uh, we don't have enough women here to help us with this, because women are better readers, I think. But let's, uh, let's say it again. Ask God for guidance. Ask God for guidance. Now, I want to talk to you about the habit of seeking God's guidance and the errors that you and I need to avoid along life's way. How many know that as, once you became a Christian, uh, you, 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 you still made mistakes once in a while? Anybody like that? Is it just, just me? Okay, well, let's look at some of the mistakes that these leaders of Israel made. Let's first of all look at Ahab's error. Ahab's error was this. He says, I want to do it anyway. I'll do it anyway. That was his error. And how many of you have done exactly the same thing? I know I have. You know, I pray and I feel like a, a little check in my heart. How many know what I'm talking about when I talk about a check in my heart? You just, you, you just feel, ah, no, it's not right. And you decide I'm gonna do it anyway. Anybody like that? Anybody make that mistake? Yes. Yeah, so some people are smiling and nodding. Yes. Yeah, some honest people. Uh, those of you who have never ever done that, I want you to come up here, like I said before, take the mic and keep going, uh, because I know I have. Ahab didn't want to seek the face of God. Uh, he didn't want, um, he didn't want to do what Jehoshaphat said. He didn't want to know the mind of God in this. So what he does is, uh, he calls 400 of his prophets. I love this. And it's found in 2nd Chronicles chapter, or 1st Chronicles chapter 18. So, um, or 2nd Chronicles, probably 2nd Chronicles 18. If you, you want to follow along your Bible, you can do that. So he calls 400 of his prophets. Now, these prophets have been trained by the king to say whatever Ahab wants them to say. <laughs> so 400 prophets called by Ahab to come and give Give a word from the Lord. Get guidance from God, and uh, and the um, and the the answer or the question is: Shall we go to war with Ramoth Gilead, or shall we refrain? And all four hundred of them say, "Go, for God will give uh, give Ramoth Gilead into the king's hands." Now Jehoshaphat thinks, "Well, four hundred, four hundred prophets, without doing any praying or any thinking, just immediately, yeah, go for it, King Ahab." 
Jehoshaphat's not stupid. He says, well, <laughs> these, these 400 prophets have been trained by this king to say whatever the king wants them to say. Isn't it, isn't it true, though, as, as Christians, that so often uh, we, we'd rather surround ourselves with people who will say the things we want to hear them say rather than do the things uh, that are best for us and surround ourselves with people who, who truly hear the voice of God? Wow, how important it is to make sure that you choose the right people to surround you. So Jehoshaphat said, look, is, is there anyone else that you can call on? And can okay, get this picture? 400 prophets. And Ahab says, oh, yeah, there's one more. So there's actually 401 prophets that could be called upon, but one of them didn't show up. And Jehoshaphat says, well, let me, can we just hear one more? You'd think after 400 prophets saying, yeah, go for it, man, that that would be good enough. But no, he's, Jehoshaphat says, like, I, I, I'm not 100% sure. Now let the Spirit of God speak to your heart. Because if you're not 100% sure, then you better not make a move. You better wait until you know that you know that you know that you know that what you need to do is what God wants you to do. Does this make sense? Is the Spirit of God speaking to your heart here? And so Jehoshaphat, he holds out until he hears just one more because he just wants to make sure. So uh, Ahab says, well, listen, uh, Jehoshaphat, maybe call them fat for short, I don't know. Uh, hey, fat. Fat means something good, actually. P-H-A-T, right? Hey, fat. Um, there's actually one, one more man through whom we can inquire of the Lord, but uh, I hate him. That's what the Bible says, actually. But I hate him. I hate that prophet. Uh, I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad. <laughs> Isn't that great? I hate him. He never says anything. He doesn't say what I want him to say. Hello? Isn't, isn't that tell you something? And uh, his name is uh, Micaiah. So, uh, so Jehoshaphat says, well, if you wouldn't mind indulging me, I would like it very much if you would go bring that other prophet in. So Micaiah arrives on the scene. And uh, uh, the king asks him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or shall we refrain? And Micah, Micaiah, without even, without even missing a beat, says, attack and be victorious, for they will be given into your hand. Now, it's interesting that Ahab recognizes, understands that Micaiah is telling him what he wants to hear. And so he says to Micaiah, how many times must I make you swear to tell nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Ahab knows, he knows in his heart that Micaiah is not telling him what he needs to hear, Micaiah is telling him what he wants to hear. Now, that's how we are so often, aren't we? You know, we don't really want to hear the voice of God. Just, you know, just, I'm looking, I'm desperate to find signs that, yes, I'm, 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 I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm doing what I want to do. We're not really interested in hearing the voice of God. Then Micaiah answers King Ahab and says, okay, you want to know the truth? You want to know the truth? You want to really know the real Word from the Lord. Okay, I'm going to tell you what the real word from the Lord is. But don't get mad. Because it's not going to be what you want to hear. Now, this is something that, that we all struggle with. We don't really want to hear the voice of God so often. We want to do what we want to do. 
Pastor, don't tell me what to do. Pastor, don't be putting your standards on me. Pastor, I've been baptized and I got, I speak in tongues and I come to church regularly. Like, just get off my case. So Micaiah says, okay, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you what you really need to hear. How many today really want to know, want to really know what God's word is for your heart? That's, it's, you know, it's easy to say, oh yeah, I do, but do you really? Are you really ready to do what God wants you to do? Are you really, really ready to follow God the way he wants you to follow him? Are you really ready to do what he wants? Because I'll tell you this, in North America, the North American believer has become convinced that God's will is for him to do whatever he or she wants to do. How many know that? And we are in big trouble in North America. Big, big trouble. So Micaiah says, I saw all Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, these people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. <laughs> and then Ahab says to Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you that he never prophesies anything good about me but only bad? It blows your mind, doesn't it? He hears the truth, and then when he hears it, he gets mad and says, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. This is what the king says. Put this fellow in prison and give him nothing but bread and water until I return safely. Let me ask you, the Spirit of God speaks to your heart here. Do you punish the people in your life who speak the truth to you? Do you abandon them? Do you, do you uh, put them in exile? Do you push them away from your life because they're speaking the truth to you? Do you run away from that? You see, that's exactly what Ahab did. He did not want to hear the truth, even though he had the opportunity to hear the voice of God. He exiles. He pushes away from himself the one who is God's voice to him. Put him in, put him in prison. Don't just give him bread and water until I return safely. Well, you know the story. Ahab goes to war and he is killed. He's killed, put to death. Why are we like Ahab? I'll tell you, there's, there's one reason why we are so often like Ahab. It's because we don't really trust God. We really don't have the faith to believe that God will lead us and direct us in our lives. We don't really, really trust that God has our best interests at heart. And if I ask for a show of hands today and say, how many people believe today that God loves you? And everybody would go, yes, I believe, I believe. And if I said, how many people believe that, that God will lead you if you let him? And everybody will say, yes. And if I say to you today, how many believe that God will lead you in the way that you should go and that if you go his way, everything's going to be fine. Everybody's hand shoots up. Yes, I believe. You know, the problem is you believe it here, but you don't really believe it here. And that was Ahab. He didn't really believe that God had his best interests at heart. He didn't really believe that. He didn't really believe that God knows best. Do you today believe that God knows best? Oh, we all have memorized Matthew 6.33, haven't we? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You know, it's so easy to know it here and not practice it here. 
And Ahab made that error. He's not, he's, he's going to do it his own way. He's not going to do it God's way. And when you do it, when you, when you decide you're going to follow Jesus, remember that old, that old, that old chorus we used to sing years ago? I have decided to follow Jesus. How many remember that one? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So here's the thing is that again, it's, it's here, but not here. And so I'm going to, I'm going to say this to you this morning. I believe the Spirit of God is speaking. To all of us. And some of us here today are on a collision course. The Spirit of God speaking to you. And you have dug in your heels and you're saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it my own way. Are you really seeking God's guidance in your life? Are you really listening to God's guidance for your life? Because if you are, then I can promise you, I can promise you, that things will go well with you. Things will go well for you. I can promise you, the blessing of God in your life. But if you choose to do Ahab's thing rather than seeking the face of God and obeying him, then I can guarantee you that you're going to face disaster after disaster, heartache after heartache, heartbreak after heartbreak, and you can I can anoint you with oil and I can wave my magic wand and pixie dust and I can I can baptize you and I can spin you around, knock you over. None of that's going to do anything for you because obedience my friends, is the purest form of spirituality. How many know that? You want to know what it really means to be a Pentecostal? It means that you are 100% sold out in obedience to Christ. That, my friends, is true spirituality. So here's the thing. That, that, was, that was Ahab's error. I'm going to talk to you now about, I'm going to back up now 60 years to Solomon's error. You see, we got these kings making mistakes, big mistakes. Ahab's mistake is he's not going to listen to God. Uh, we have uh, Solomon's error. What, is it? what was Solomon's error? What did he do wrong? How was it that he's called the wisest man in all of history, most brilliant mind? His, his error was that he relied on past experiences with God. And that's what we do. I remember the day when I got saved, and I remember the day that I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember the day when, when I experienced God's leading in my life, and I, I remember the day I was at the altar weeping before God, and I remember the day when I, when I went through Sunday school and I received my certificate and my badge and perfect attendance, and I remember the day. Guess what? What happened in the past is not enough to get you through today. You need to have this ongoing relationship with God. And if you today are sitting here and it's been a week or two weeks or a month since you last heard from the voice of God and last prayed or read your Bible, then you are on a collision course. You're looking for trouble. And here's, here's what it says in 1 Kings 11.9. It says this, The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord. How many know today how easy it is for your heart to turn away from the Lord? It's very easy, isn't it, to, to start pursuing things you know you shouldn't pursue. To be watching things on TV you know you shouldn't be watching. To be talking and using language you know you shouldn't use. It's so easy. You hear me today? It's so easy to let your heart grow cold. And uh, the Bible says that the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, who had appeared to him twice. Now, I, that's, that's really interesting. You can underline that in your Bible because there's very few people, especially in the Old Testament, who actually experienced the appearance of God to them. But Solomon had two appearances, not one. 
Two appearances from God. Wow. We're talking about supernatural appearance of God where God spoke to the heart of Solomon. And guess what Solomon thought? This was so spectacular. This is so wonderful. This was, this was good enough. And he thought then that, that he could carry on his life and, and just, just ride on those past experiences. It's the biggest mistake a believer or Christian could ever make. You have to be in relationship with God on a daily basis. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you want the guidance of God in your life and if you want the blessing of God in your life, you have to have a daily experience with Him. How do I know this? Because God chooses to define Himself with one word. What is the one word that God uses to define Himself? God is love. God is all about relationships. That is who God is. That's what God's about. He's about about love, about loving relationships. And God is calling you and me to maintain and to keep up that relationship with him. So Solomon's error was that he relied on a past experience with God, on a past relationship with God. My friends, if you're going to have a, if you're going to have a, a relationship with God where he is leading you day by day, then you have got to be in the Word of God day by day. I hear people come to me, Pastor, you know, I'm struggling with, with temptation and I just can't overcome it. And I want to say this to you. When's the last time, when's the last time you read your Bible? <laughs> Simple advice. When's the last time you spoke to God and heard God speak to you? Because listen to me. The Bible says that the, that the Word of God sanctifies. It washes you. It washes you clean. It purifies you. That is why you have to be in your Bible, because it washes your heart. It washes your mind. Anybody ever see my van? It's always dirty. <laughs> or it looks like it's always dirty, but mostly it is. And the reason is, why? Because I don't wash it. It's not, it's, this is not rocket surgery. <laughs> it's simple. And the reason your mind is dirty and the reason you're not hearing from God is because you need to get washed. You need to get cleaned up. And the way that that happens is getting to the presence of God and allowing his word to wash your heart and mind. Well, I'm going to talk to you now about one other error of, of one of the kings, and it's actually Jehoshaphat's error. And you say, well, pastor, you're talking about you know following Jehoshaphat's example, seeking God's guidance. Well, okay, I am. But Jehoshaphat, even though that was his habit, he still made mistakes. And here's, here's what Jehoshaphat's uh, error was, and that is this. He gave in to peer pressure. He, he would rather follow, follow his peers than follow the voice of God. Now, how many know that peer pressure is not something that just applies to teenagers? It applies to everybody at every age, at every stage in life. I'm told that there's just as much peer pressure in a high school as there is in a senior citizen's home, believe it or not. And why is that? Because here's the thing. We are concerned more about the opinion of people than we are about the opinion of God. And the Bible calls that a snare, calls it a trap, to be afraid of man, to be more concerned about what man thinks of you. And so here's Jehoshaphat's heir. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's just seen this dramatic presentation from the prophet Micaiah, and then we read down in verse 28 of Second Chronicles 18. It says that, so, so then the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went up to Ramoth-Gilead to fight. Hello? What? We just, Jehoshaphat's asking for guidance from God, and, and he gets it from Micaiah, and then he goes to battle anyway. 
And I, I read that and I think, well, oh, what's going on here? Well, I'll tell you what's going on here. Jehoshaphat's just like you and me. He makes, he makes mistakes just like you and I do. He gives into temptation. He gives into peer pressure just like you and I did. Now, you have to remember, if you read back a little bit, you'll find that when Jehoshaphat arrives up in, in, in Israel and meets with King Ahab, King Ahab is a great big feast on. There's, there's, there's cattle and lamb slaughtered for the feast. There's wine. There's, there's food galore. A big celebration. And, and uh, we're just going to just really make Jehoshaphat feel the pressure of giving in and doing what we want. And that was Ahab's, that was Ahab's uh, strategy. And it worked. And Jehoshaphat, rather than listening to the voice of God, rather than listening to God's guidance, he gives in and does what Ahab does. And I'm going to tell you this. Ahab died in that battle. And I'm going to tell you, it was the gra- listen, it is the grace of God. It was the grace of God that allowed Jehoshaphat to get through that battle and not be scarred and not be killed. I want to tell you right now, do you know that it's the grace of God at work in your life right now that has spared you the grief and the pain that you could have experienced and that you may experience in the future if you don't surrender to God's guidance? The Spirit of God is speaking to some of you today and giving you a warning. It's time to change your ways. And the Bible says that Jehoshaphat, even though, even though he knew that he shouldn't go to battle with Ahab, he does it anyway. And you read down a bit in the passage, and um, Jehoshaphat's coming home safe and sound. And on the way back to his palace, he's confronted by a prophet in Judah. Not Micaiah this time, but Jehu, son of Hanani, the prophet. He confronts King Jehoshaphat and he says this. He says, Jehoshaphat, you had no business helping evil. You had no business cozying up to this God-hater Ahab. You had no business. And because you did this, you need to know God is good and angry with you. Really angry with you. Because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. And then the prophet says, okay, you're not all bad. You made a clean sweep of the polluting and uh, the pollution that has plagued this land. You cleared out the sex and religious shrines, and you were single-minded in seeking God. So God's going to give you a second chance. Let the Spirit of God speak to your heart now. Because you may have made and may be making mistakes, making errors, and, and failing to follow God, but God's giving you a second chance. And I'm telling you, it's strictly His grace. It's not because you deserve it. It's just because He loves you so much, and He wants to help you stay on track. Joshua was given a second chance. We read on just two chapters later. Joshua is sitting in his palace one day. I'm, I'm sure he's thinking about the, the narrow escape that he experienced at Ramoth Gilead with King Ahab. And it was a narrow escape. Ahab died. Jehoshaphat did it. He's sitting there. And uh, suddenly one of his CIA agents comes knocking on his door. He says, the, the agent's face is white with fear. 
And he says this to Jehoshaphat. He says, a huge force of the Moabites and Ammonites is on its way from beyond the Dead Sea to fight you. It says in Second Chronicles 20, verses 3 to 4, shaken, Jehoshaphat did what? He did his habit. He followed his habit. He prayed. He didn't call the generals first. He didn't, he didn't uh, have a temper tantrum. He didn't start biting his nails. He didn't start pulling his hair out. He prays. He seeks God in the face of difficulty and struggle, in the face of great decision-making that needs to be made. And he went, the Bible says in, in 2 Chronicles 20, 34, he says, He went to God for help and, overed, and ordered a nationwide fast. And the country of Judah united in seeking God's help. And they came from all the cities of Judah to pray to God. Wow. Is that what you do when you're facing crises in your life? Or do you blow up, have fits, throw tantrums, curse God, shake your fist at other people? <laughs> what do you do? Jehoshaphat gets on his knees and prays and says, Okay, everybody, you're going to follow my habit. Get on your knees and start seeking God's face. Well, they do that. And guess what? I love this. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. He seeks the face of God, and God says, Okay, I'm going to tell you what to do. He tells, tells Jehoshaphat exactly what to do. Jehoshaphat goes to the people, talks it over with them. And here's the answer that God gives them. I love this. He says, Jehoshaphat, the Bible says, Jehoshaphat appointed a choir for God. What? We're being attacked by the Ammonites and the Moabites and you're putting together a choir? What? What? Ah, you see, but this is God's guidance. How many know that God's guidance so often doesn't make a whole lot of sense? How many know that? It's just totally contrary to what you expect. Oh, man, Jehoshaphat, go get your soldiers and your, all the weapons you can muster. No, let's get a choir together. Now, this is when you know either Jehoshaphat is really, really crazy or he is hearing from God. Jehoshaphat gets his choir together. They're dressed in their holy robes and they march out ahead of the troops, singing, Give thanks to God, His love never quits. Huh? This is the way we're going to win this battle? This is, are you sure this is the guidance of God? Here, listen to me. You can, you can never do this. You can never do what Jehoshaphat did unless you have learned how to trust God, unless you've developed the habit of seeking guidance from God and doing what He says. So here's the thing, in your, in your hour of catastrophe, your hour of decision, your hour of trouble, if you have not developed the habit or, or developed the, the faith muscles that enable you to do what God wants you to do, in that hour of crisis, my friends, you're not going to have what it takes to follow God and find the help of God. And the Bible says this in 2 Chronicles 20, 22 to 23. As soon as he started shouting and praising God, God set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir as they attack, as they were attacking Judah. And they all ended up dead. <laughs> and the Ammonites and the Moabites mistakenly attacked those from Mount Seir and massacred them. Then further confused, they went at each other and all ended up dead. And Jehoshaphat and his choir and all the people of Judah went home singing and praising God. Why? Because their king had the habit 
of seeking God for guidance. And that brought the blessing of God in their land. Fathers, listen to me. It's Father's Day in just a couple of weeks, but I'm going to start talking to the fathers right now. Fathers, demonstrate to your children that you are a man who knows how to seek the face of God and make decisions based on God's guidance in your life. How utterly important it is for you to do that. Let your children learn that decision-making is done with God's guidance and that you don't do anything without God's help and God's leading in your life. And then watch what God will do in your life. Can we just close with that little video, the rest of that video clip, Scotty? And then we'll pray.